0: Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. sonobello.com slash save. sonobello.com slash save.
2: Love getting prices that are lower than low on food that's fresher than fresh? Then shop at Kroger. We give you more ways to save on the fresh you love with tools like the Kroger app, where you can find personalized coupons on top of weekly sales, giving you
0: prices that are lower than the everyday low.
2: Kroger, fresh for everyone.
1: It's the big $10 sale, so mix and match and get 2, 3, 4, 5, or even 10 for $10 with your card. So many great deals. Kroger, fresh for everyone.
0: It's hard to listen to the news without realizing we're living in volatile, unprecedented times. Yet never has there been such an opportunity to transform the human condition. As old structures fail, where can we find the guidance to co-create a better way? Find Your Path Home is an ever-evolving, leading edge information, education, and healing resource center, designed to support and guide you on your path to unity and enlightenment. Based on sound principles employed by Shaman Worldwide, we provide techniques that can support you through the current transitions, offering online Shamanic classes, international long-distance shamanic healing sessions, complimentary Mission Evolution radio episodes and Stairway to Heaven TV vignettes, seminars, retreats, and much more. All of this can be found on findyourpathhome.com.
1: If you are looking for a safe zero-calorie natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, just like sugar is what you're looking for. Welcome to Mission Evolution Radio Show with Gwilda Wiecki, bringing together today's leading experts to uncover ever-deepening spiritual truths and the latest scientific developments in support of the evolution of humankind. For more information on Mission Evolution Radio with Gwilda Wiecki, visit www.missionevolution.org. And now, here's the host of Mission Evolution, Miss Gwilda Wiecki.
0: visionary friends. Thank you for joining me, Wilda Weyeka, on another exciting adventure into future possibilities. This is Mission Evolution, where we share innovative thoughts and information with today's leading esoteric and scientific experts supporting the co-creation of a better tomorrow. This hour, we'll be discussing a hot topic that's on everyone's mind, thriving and surviving COVID-19. As the host of Mission Evolution radio show in response to the pandemic, I've been interviewing numerous doctors and scientists to keep you abreast of the latest information about COVID-19. Last week, I spoke with a gentleman that predicted the pandemic, Dr. Dennis Carroll. Dr. Carroll is a biomedical research scientist who served as the director of the U.S. Agency for Internal Development's Emerging Threats Division. During our interview, Dr. Carroll stated that there are indications that having COVID-19 and surviving does not necessarily protect one from catching it again. This brings up questions as to whether any vaccine we may develop will offer long-term immunity. Rather than sit on our hands and wait for traditional methodologies to come up with a prevention or cure for COVID-19, we clearly need some evolutionary tools to protect ourselves and, if infected, give us a better chance of survival. With us this hour is a gentleman we've had the pleasure of having on the show before, Dr. David Hanscom. He not only survived COVID-19, but has been actively seeking new solutions to the pandemic. Dr. Hanscom is an orthopedic surgeon, the author of Do You Really Need Spinal Surgery? and Back in Control, A Surgeon's Roadmap Out of Chronic Pain. A survivor of COVID-19 himself, Dr. Hanscom has been working with 20 other professionals researching alternative approaches. They're looking at inflammation and chronic disease through the lens of polyvagal theory. Together, they've come up with some new possibilities for addressing COVID-19 pandemic. His website, backincontrol.com. Dr. Hanscom, on behalf of our listeners and myself, thanks so much for joining us on Mission Evolution. It's always wonderful having you back on the show.
2: Thank you very much.
0: So last time we had you on, um, you had some interesting thoughts on what enabled you to survive COVID-19. Would you mind going into that a little bit briefly for us?
2: Well, I think what happened... me I'm 67 years old by the way so technically a quote older age group but the essence of my strategies are what I recommend to the world is that we know that essentially everyone that dies from COVID-19 has risk factors every one of those risk factors has elevated inflammatory markers and just idealistically if each human being could and would minimize the risk factors we would not have a pandemic it's also the same way we approach health in general is that if each person took advantage of the things we know we're supposed to do on health, those are the same risk factors that increase inflammation, which increase your chances of death. So I wrote a little website, a little PDF called Thrive and Survive. And we tend to think in terms of surviving and thriving, but the data has shown for decades that if you are under chronic stress and just trying to survive, that people don't live as long They have a much higher chance of serious diseases, including cancer. And when you're just trying to survive and under a lot of stress, it compromises your immune system and you cannot fight off threat. When you're thriving, which is a learned skill, by the way, what it does, it improves your bodily function. It drops down inflammation dramatically. It improves your metabolism. It changes your body's chemistry. And so when you thrive, it is not a psychological phenomenon. It is a physiological phenomenon. I'm sorry, physiological immune phenomenon that dramatically improves your health. So people that are, quote, happy, whatever that means, live longer. They have less disease. So the whole key is to train yourself how to thrive.
0: So your specialty is helping people with chronic pain. (laughs) What do COVID-19 and chronic pain have in common?
2: It's the same disease. Except COVID, of course, happens much faster. But the problem is with chronic pain, you're in a sustained threat with COVID you're under acute threat. So the essence of solving chronic pain is engendering safety, again a learned skill. It's the same thing with COVID, as you get your body into a safety mode, the body actually defends itself.
0: Would you back up a little bit and, and tell me what you mean by they're the same disease? They seem very different to me.
2: Right. Because it's a multi it's a basically what happens under chronic threat. Let's talk about chronic pain for a second. Under chronic threat, your muscles are tense, your heart races, et cetera, that's all modulated through the autonomic, I mean, nervous system, <clears throat> through what's called cytokines. So cytokines, you've heard the cytokine storm with COVID. So what happens, cytokines are very small proteins that are on every cell in the body. They're, they're in the brain, they're in the heart, they're in the blood vessels. Every cell in the body has these little proteins that are signals, the little switches that turn things off and on. When you're under threat, your body's full of inflammatory cytokines and it turns on the metabolism and the immune system and you actually destroy your tissues. So it turns out that Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, cardiovascular disease, diabetes, peripheral vascular disease, autoimmune disorders are all from sustained threat because your immune system's on fire. So the threat can be a mental threat or physical threat. So it turns out also anxiety, depression, schizophrenia, bipolar are also inflammatory disorders. It's all the same thing. So with COVID, the threat is a virus. So any threat, mental or physical is a problem. And the immune system fires up as part of the threat. And so with COVID you have a virus that the body now fires up. The immune system fires up to fight off the virus first, then it puts forth an inflammatory response modulated by the cytokines to kill the virus and get rid of it. What happens in the problems with the COVID is that if you start out with elevated inflammatory markers to start, as your body goes through its normal process of trying to get rid of the virus and use inflammation to get rid of it, you cross the threshold where it goes into your lungs and your heart and different organs and actually It kills you. You drown in your own inflammatory liquids.
0: So it's not the virus so much that is killing us. It's our own inflammation.
2: The virus does not kill you. It's not the virus. So the viral load, of course, you want the virus to disappear. But no, it's the body's defense. It's the overzealous immune system that kills people. It's the inflammation.
0: That's that's just mind-boggling. So, why are we, um, as a country, it looks like I mean we're we're definitely leading here for the most part in cases of COVID. What do you think has our immune system so hyperactive, as as a country, as a people, versus other places?
2: Well, there's a bunch of reasons. So let me okay. So with chronic pain and COVID, both is basically threat versus safety. So let's take right now the African American males are dying at a higher rate percent-wise than white people, right? Also, people any dark-skinned race has a problem with increased um, mortality. So there's two reasons for that. One of them is threat. In other words, if you live in a world where you're under constant threat from poverty, lack of education, but also from the police and authority, that's a constant threat. So what happens your immune system is actually on fire, that chronic inflammatory spark response destroys tissues so then you get the higher cardiac disease adult onset diabetes overweight etc which are all risk factors because what happens when you get sick your inflammatory markers are already elevated and there's a higher chance of crossing that threshold that will kill you the other problem that people with dark skin have is that is that vitamin d deficiency is the most common deficiency in the world the we're going family style deal.
0: Because I want a bite of your Big Mac.
2: And I need some of your quota Pounder.
0: I'll try your filet of fish
2: There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. It's especially true among people that have dark skins because the sunlight competes with melanin and doesn't convert as much vitamin D. So what happens, vitamin D is a vitamin that's necessary for the monocytes or these inflammatory cells to actually kill the virus. So we know vitamin D D deficiencies are a big problem as far as survival. So we've got two approaches. One's called plan A of things you can do before you get sick or exposed to the virus, actually low inflammatory markers. So if you get sick, there's a much higher chance you'll survive. Then once you get sick, you actually can pull in the body's defense mechanisms to calm down this inflammatory response so again, you don't die. So that's called plan B. And again, this came about from a workforce that originally started looking at chronic pain. And as we started looking at these, see, I honestly didn't know personally, in spite of being in medicine for 30 years, that the immune system was part of the threat. I don't know why I didn't connect that. Most physicians don't. But when you're under constant threat, it just fires up your total immune system. So I didn't remember cytokines, to be honest with you. I didn't remember this whole response. But it turns out, again, to be the basis of all chronic disease, mental and physical, is this constant threat. So go back to the COVID situation. You have African-American males who are under constant threat. So their inflammatory markers are already elevated. Poverty, et cetera, are all part of threat. Then you have less vitamin D. So you have less apt to kill the virus. So if you address those issues, you're not going to address poverty and and authority tomorrow. I get that. But there are ways of processing threat in a way that becomes less of a reaction from the body. In other words, you can still lower inflammatory markers in spite of the threat.
0: So we're just about out of time in this segment, but I wanted to ask you, when we're talking about threat, we're not necessarily talking about real and present danger, but we're also talking about perceived threat. Is that accurate?
2: Perceived threat is a bigger problem than real threat because most of the threats that actually fire up our immune system are perceived, and you can't escape your thoughts.
0: Yeah, there's a double bind, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, yeah. So so our belief systems are playing a huge part in this. Right. Amazing. Amazing. Well, it is time for that promised break. Uh, Dr. Hanscom and I will return after after this commercial. And Doctor, we will return shortly, so don't go away. You're listening to Mission Evolution coming to you on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net.
1: If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today, Know the Name, Know the Person, or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness expose a novel details this epidemic through an in depth professional and personal investigation. For decades, there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com.
0: PathHome Shamanic Art School has just launched a new online series of classes, Galactic Shamanism, Art of the Ancients, Key to Tomorrow. In these classes, composed and taught by PathHome founder and director, Gwilda Wiecka, you'll learn practical shamanic skills to support your daily life, such as how to build a medicine wheel to access the power of the earth, perform a shamanic journey, create sacred space in which to live and work, Empower your life with totem animals, elementals, and fairy folk, and learn the art of accurately reading signs and omens. These tried and true skills are the key to living a powerful, productive life. Visit us at findyourpathhome.com to see the ever-growing collection of classes and leading edge information to support you during these times of uncertainty and transition. All can be found at findyourpathhome.com. Again, this is Mission Evolution, missionevolution.org. To all our faithful and thoughtful listeners, we really value your opinion. We'd love to hear from you. What's your take on alternative ways to combat COVID-19? This in from a member of our audience regarding the episode entitled COVID-19 as a first wave becomes a tsunami, conversations with a biomedical scientist. B.R. shares, I want to thank you for having Dr. Carol on and asking the tough questions regarding COVID-19. There's so much conflicting information floating around, it was extremely useful hearing from a true expert. Thanks, B.R. It was a pleasure having Dr. Carroll on the show again. He is indeed a grounded source of reliable information. Curious, dear audience? Visit our archives at missionevolution.org, listen to the episode entitled COVID-19 as the first wave becomes a tsunami, and let us know what you think. And speaking of professional grounded sources of reliable information, with us this hour, discussing the alternative approaches to coronavirus is Dr. David Hanscom. His website, backandcontrol.com. Um, David, we you have this wonderful provision um, that you were talking about, um, um, something A, is, is it, it's not, the, Plan A, is that right?
2: It's called Plan A, Thrive yes, plan and A, Survive. Yes, right. and
0: Survive. And uh, I understand that that's out there for free. Right. Uh, that you're offering this out of the goodness of your heart and there's a lot of goodness in your heart from what I've seen um, and we have that available on the front page of Mission Evolution for everyone's convenience and he also has it on his website backandcontrol.com so I would strongly recommend that you pull that up and look at it it's it's some amazing information and it's been put together by your workforce as well as yourself is that correct? Right. and who all is in your workforce?
2: well as far as plan A, there's about 10 or 15 people from around the country. One is Dr. Stephen Porges, who wrote the polyvagal theory, Sue Carter, his wife is an expert on oxytocin and the two driving forces of this work group, by the way, are Dr. Porges, but also Dr. David Claussen, a physiatrist in Seattle. And for some reason, he has an uncanny knack of taking current clinical information and tracing it, tracing it all the way back to medical school knowledge and just coming up with incredible Paradigm shifts—we're just blown away. So I would give much of the credit to Dr. clauston and Dr. Porges, but the two of them together have just been explosive. And what's happened to our group? We're now looking looking at all of medicine and chronic disease in terms of the polyvagal theory, which, to be honest with you, I wasn't even familiar with six months ago. But it, it gives us a clear understanding of how the autonomic nervous system works, and it's just remarkable paradigm shift.
0: That's amazing. Do we ever need a paradigm shift right now? Because we're still sitting on our thumbs waiting for a vaccine that may or may not work or may or may not work for any length of time. Right. So in lieu of waiting for a vaccine, what can we do to start protecting ourselves?
2: Well, first of all, I'll remind you that with the AIDS epidemic, we never actually we never found a vaccine, right? Mm-hmm. The way we solved it is getting very specific focused treatments actually solve the symptoms. So with the COVID epidemic, once you can figure out how to prevent people from dying, then the epidemic is over, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. Now you're looking at the common
2: cold or something similar. Right. And then what's happening right now, we're looking at the big guns like these antiviral agents, we're looking at vaccines, all these type of big guns. But the reality is the answer is right there in front of us with just systematically applying known medical resources, number one. And second of all, The problem with COVID, like I mentioned before, is this huge inflammatory response, which is part of what's called the sympathetic nervous system, is the fight or flight phase of the body. And what happens, you get the sympathetic response to fight off the threat, which is the virus. And then when that becomes overactive, then you get in trouble. What the process does, it covers the basis first, but then also you can recruit what's called the parasympathetic nervous system to counteract the sympathetic nervous system And it has a high chance, we feel, of solving the problem. And always, of course, the best way to solve any medical problem is to get the own body's defense mechanisms in place to solve the problem. For instance, for example, in cancer, there's a lot of exceptional cancer survivors. Every one of them has found a way to bring their own immune system into play to kill the cancer. It's much better than chemotherapy, which actually kills everything, including your own cells. But what you're trying to do is to coax the body into healing itself, bottom line.
0: So I have a quick question for you. You're talking about the big guns. Uh, What is the relationship between the big guns and inflammation? Does it uh, uh, help inflammation or does it actually add to it?
2: Well, okay, so let's take the antiviral agents, which is great. And so let's let's say a big gun, I mean, expensive, probably not readily available. And the problem with an antiviral agent is that it can come too late. And remember, the virus isn't the problem, it's the inflammation. So, again, it helps. So, again, it's a multiple set of interventions. So, there's also very strong anti inflammatory, anti cytokine inhibitors, it's called IL 6 inhibitors, that inhibit the inflammatory response to the virus, but also people then die of bacterial infection. So, again, you do these large, aggressive interventions, it has consequences. But by going back and helping the body heal itself, let's take, again, vitamin D. There should be a massive public health campaign that everybody, regardless of skin color, should be taking vitamin D. How simple How simple is that? Let's take zinc. Just like iron is necessary for blood cells, zinc is necessary for the function of lots of proteins that help kill the virus. So again, a major risk factor for dying from COVID is zinc deficiency. We know that vitamin C is anti-inflammatory. Vitamin B is anti-inflammatory magnesium helps transport it's a transport ion. So again, magnesium. So those are the basic things to cover. So if you're gonna go for a drive in a car, you wanna make sure your car is full of gas, right? Same thing with your body. You wanna make sure that your body's equipped to go out to battle with the right tools. But if they're gonna really solve the COVID crisis and they just spent maybe just a billion dollars of the hundreds of billions of dollars being spent on just saying, look, everybody cover these bases, every person everywhere, and if they were having people take these basic supplements right off the get-go and I'm not a supplement person, by the way, as a surgeon, I'm the worst supplement person in the world. So I'm surprised I'm actually saying this, but I now go back to my own biochemistry days in college and these vitamins are critical. They're absolutely critical. You have to have them. And I just did not realize until I looked at the research about three months ago, it's been known for decades that vitamin D is the number one deficiency in the world, especially in Northern climates, especially between October and March.
0: And so I wonder how much that plays in the seasonal thing that we see with these viruses. We always think it's the warmth and the sunshine, but might right. be vitamin D.
2: Correct. No, right. I mean, so, again, that's a major factor in mortality because you can't kill the virus. I mean, it's not just let's take a supplement to feel better. This is necessary for your body's defenses to function. So, again, if you're going to go out to war, you have to have the weapons. And so the the first step is, again... If we're going to do a massive public health campaign, I mean, we're doing masks, we're washing our hands, we're social distancing, distancing, all that's fine. But why not add on the message of these are the essential elements to actually help your body fight the infection?
0: So to repeat, that's zinc, vitamin D, vitamin C, vitamin B, and magnesium? Right. That sounds simple enough. Right. How do you know how much?
2: Um, You know, I'm embarrassed. I can't tell you right off the top of my head. You don't want to overdo it. You don't have to. You don't have to overdo it. Is it in
0: your document that's online? It is. Absolutely. Fantastic. Great. So a lot of this information that we're sharing is also documented there and people can look it up at your website. Yes? Right. Fantastic. You've written a protocol and that's in A, right? Tell us a little bit about that. What all, what all goes on there?
2: There's 10 sections and I'm gonna to go to section one It's about anxiety. So remember, anxiety is a sensation generated by your body's sympathetic response to a threat. In other words, anxiety is not psychological. It is the result of a threat, it's not the cause. So anxiety is physiological, it is not psychological and Dr. Porges feels strongly, and now I feel the same way, is that anxiety should be discarded as a were. And you say, look, your sympathetic nervous system is on alert. So your body's on defense, you feel, quote, anxious, but it's actually just a physiological response that is not psychological. So there's a bunch of ways of actually calming things down. So first of all, understanding the problem is a big one. Second of all, you can't control anxiety. You have to learn how to assimilate it. Again, there's a whole learned skill, again, on the website, much too long to talk about today. Um, But you can actually, it's based on what's called neuroplasticity. You become aware of the anxiety. You don't suppress it, but you train your body not to react to it as much. So it's awareness, separation, reprogramming. And as you do that, you actually stimulate your brain to change. It's called neuroplasticity. So instead of being threat, automatic survival response, it's threat, a little bit of a space, and then you substitute responses. And with repetition, your brain actually physically changes. What doesn't work, by the way, is talk therapy. Because this unconscious response is much more powerful than the conscious brain, and you can't control it. Plus, if you didn't have anxiety, you would survive more than two minutes. So anxiety is what you have. It's not who you are. But understanding just the neurochemical nature of anxiety is a huge step. And again, more details on the PDF.
0: So it's... it's um... And how much of our anxiety is not clear and present? I mean, how much of it is coming from our unprocessed history?
2: Well, it, all, well. first of all, I mean, that's a good question. I mean, I think in this situation, remember, anxiety is legitimate, it keeps you alive. And so the problem that humans have language compared to my cat who you know escapes the danger, lays down takes a nap. So if your boss yells at you, what happens with humans is we'll think about that boss yelling at us for the next week, right? exactly well so, right so for chronic disease it's a huge huge factor the problem is right now for instance with, within, with COVID the ultimate way to create anxiety is uncertainty <clears throat> we cannot have more uncertainty right now than we have so we have paradoxically we have the exact circumstance that creates anxiety and one way that you regulate the parasympathetic nervous system is through social connection and Dr. Porges calls it co-regulation so now we're socially isolated we have masks on we're, we're missing the social cues.
0: We're set up from the get-go. Now, we're going to have to pick up on this on the other side, but it's a really important string we're on here. Um, so you folks stay right there. Dr. Hanscom and I will return to our discussion shortly. This is Mission Evolution, we're coming to you on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net.
1: Are you considering calling a psychic to read your situation? Then consider David Champion, a psychic medium for more than 20 years with thousands of readings under his belt. David Champion will make you feel comfortable. He has proven to be honest and accurate. He's a straight shooter. There's no guesswork. What he sees is what you get. While he is a medium, most of the calls focus on relationships. Not only love, but work school, neighbors, and more. Need help with finding a job and preparing for the interview? Are you dealing with people who are obstacles in your path? For more information, go to davidchampion.com, $1. fifty per minute paid by credit card with a minimum of 30 minutes. For your reading with David Champion, call 1-877-702-8598. That's 1-877-702-8598. Roberta Grimes blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Her wonderful book, The Fun of Dying, is available on Amazon and at stores worldwide wherever books are sold.
0: Welcome back. This is Mission Evolution. For your convenience, we've put up Dr. Hanscom's Protocol A, Thrive and Survive COVID-19. We put it up on the front page of our website, and you can download it for free with his compliments at www.missionevolution.org. Our guest this hour is Dr. David Hanscom, and we're speaking about what you can do right now to support your immune system. His website, where there's all sorts of wonderful information, as well as um, the uh, Protocol A, is backincontrol.com. Uh Dr. Hansken, we were really getting into something that I think is so profound right now. And that's the fact that, on one sense, we're, you know, we're being hit with this uh, COVID 19 that has no um, prevention and no cure at this point, um, that we, you know, in traditional senses. And at the same time, the situation has absolutely set us up for the very thing that compromises our immune system. So, right. would you mind making that list again so we can look at it?
2: You mean as far as the anxiety part of it? or Yes,
0: what, what all we're confronted with, it's actually complicating the situation.
2: Okay, so as far as the actual pandemic, which is increasing anxiety, first of all, dying, obviously is a big one. That's a big Second
0: one. Second of
2: all, the worst one is uncertainty, is even worse, believe it or not, because we don't know, we're being locked up intermittently, our economy is going to heck, we don't know when it's going to end. And so there's a tremendous amount of uncertainty, and probably the number one thing to create anxiety is uncertainty. So and then, but in general, going back to the chronic pain part of it, remember, stress isn't the problem, it's the reaction to the stress. So you're not going to solve the uncertainty, and you're, what you can do, though, you can train your body to be less reactive to it. So again, paradoxically, the more legitimate your anxiety, the harder it is to calm down, but you can't talk yourself out of it. The uncertainty is going to be there no matter what you do. But there's ways of, remember, anxiety is just a sensation generated by your body's sympathetic response. So the key issue here is you use tools to do the opposite effect, which is the parasympathetic nervous system. So sleep is a big one. There's an exercise called expressive writing. Um, We talk about, for instance, um, threat. For instance, I ask people to quit watching the news, to actually quit talking about COVID because there's not an answer here right now. No complaining, no gossiping, just be nice. Because what happens, again, if you're watching the news and being fired up by the news, legitimate as it is or isn't, it doesn't help. So you've actually fired up your immune system. So as you watch things that are upsetting, it makes things worse. Watching violent, scary movies, that doesn't help your immune system either. So one of the rules that we do in chronic pain, which also particularly true for the COVID thing, is simply... If you're in my office, I would say, look, when you walk out of my office, you will never discuss your pain ever again. No gossiping, no complaining, no no criticism, no giving unasked for advice, and just calm down and be nice. It also includes not watching the news. So just doing things to calm yourself down actually helps your anxiety. It doesn't solve the problem, right? But it decreases your reactivity and allows the sympathetic, sympathetic nervous system to calm down, but you're also asking the parasympathetic nervous system the opposite force to come into play.
0: So the this is an interesting question and I don't know if you have the answer to it or not, but being all fired up, it, isn't that an interesting term? And what we're looking at out there, not just the COVID, but the riots and the protests and the burning and the shootings
2: have just gone off the chart. Do you think they're related? We're all yeah. fired up. Absolutely. No, that's exactly what Dr. Korda said, that humans develop by language. And what happens, the reason why we have two parts of the vagus nerve is that animals, mammals specifically, look at another animal and then they decide whether the creature is safe versus unsafe. Same thing humans. When I meet you on the street, I decide whether you're safe or unsafe. If I consider you unsafe, then the sympathetic nervous system kicks into gear. But what happens, a parasympathetic nervous system always has the break, in other words, allows me to what's called co-regulation. So human consciousness developed with language and co-regulation. So the parasympathetic nervous system allows us to socially interact and stay safe. And so it happens, social isolation in chronic pain creates the same symptoms as physical chronic pain. In other words, emotional pain and physical pain are processed the same way. So as Dr. Porter just put it really simply, that when you are not socially connected your autonomic nervous system gets dysregulated and that's where you become anxious or angry they're the same thing by the way is that you're in a survival reactive response and your frontal lobe the thinking part of your brain has gone offline the blood flow drops down dramatically in the frontal lobe of the brain so you're now in a survival reactive response and what happens the violence is predictable or let's take let's take domestic violence for domestic violence for instance which makes no sense because people know better, but all of a sudden they're doing terrible things to each other. It's because you're in the survival mode. And survival is destructive. It's meant only for you to survive, not for people around you. Now, it's a social interaction that as a species, we survive becoming, by becoming social. That's why there's such a strong need for social connection. But also realized one of the strategies on my Thrive and Survive is family issues, because... We need social connection. That's how we evolved and survived as a human species. The deeper the connection, the better, but the deeper the connection, the deeper the triggers, I mean, why should domestic violence exist at all? I mean, you like the people you're living with, you love them. You would do anything for them, yet you're doing violent things to them. The instance of physical domestic violence in a person's lifetime is 28% for men and 32% for women. That's insane. But what happens, again, when you're triggered, in other words, you're anxious or frustrated while your frontal thinking lobe of your brain goes offline and you're just in the survivor reaction. So that's way worse in the situation here where we're all becoming socially isolated and the masks now signal danger, not safety. So instead of walking down the street and not thinking much about the stranger you just passed, there's that small thought that, well, everybody now is a threat, right? Who has the virus? Who doesn't? Can I get it? Can I not get it? That uncertainty adds to the threat. So you have the mask, you can't see each other. You now have a real threat from other people that wasn't there before. And we're in the maximum time of uncertainty, which compromises our immune system.
0: So it sounds to me like uh, the key that you're advocating, or one of them, is to get out of the back brain and into the front brain. Is that correct? Absolutely. And so let's talk a little bit about breathing.
2: <laughs> okay. I,
0: know that, I know that you work a lot with breath. Um, and, you know, COVID, of course, makes you not able to breathe. That's really scary. Right. But are there some tools that we can use with our breathing to help this whole thing and move out of our back brain into our front?
2: Well, this has been very exciting for me because, you know, I've, again, I'm a surgeon. So I hear about mindfulness and meditation and whatever. and go, okay, whatever. But what I now know is that, for instance, just drop your shoulders down for a second. Let yourself relax. And what happens is that you actually are now stimulating the parasympathetic nervous system. You're, you're actually stimulating a part of your brain to actually put out anti-inflammatory cytokines. You're stimulating safety. So, for instance, just a simple exercise such as slow breathing, just deep inhale, deep exhale, just stimulates that part of the brain that calms things down. You When you breathe through your nose, for instance, you increase the levels of oxytocin by 15 times. Oh, goodness. So, and oxytocin tell is a great... Us,
0: yeah, yeah, tell oxytocin. us about oxytocin.
2: Yeah, we think about it as a love drug, but it turns out that Dr. Carter, who is Stephen Porges' wife, is one of the top experts in the world on oxytocin. And it turns out it is one of the most primitive peptides in the body. It's been around for millions and millions of years. We think in terms of lactation and pregnancy, it's, it's actually males and females. It's throughout the entire body. It's an anti-inflammatory. It It's a bonding chemical. It, it is extraordinarily powerful as far as common people down. So, oxytocin is one of those chemicals that allowed us as humans to bond, and of course, stimulating that is a big deal. Its cousin is called vasopressin. It can convert to vasopressin very quickly, which is a survival defensive peptide. So, so just as simple things like deep breathing, just slow, deep breathing makes a big difference. Um, there's different exercises again on the on the. Um, website and stuff about the deep breathing, but the breathing exercises flat out calm down the sympathetic response. It's been very fascinating for me.
0: So if you are religious, if you will, about uh, taking time to do this deep breathing, and particularly when you're under stress, is it going to start to kick in the neuroplasticity so that we're developing the front brain and uh, coming out of the back brain more?
2: Well, and I think that the breathing is more of just calming down the midbrain reaction, okay. just calming down okay. the nervous system. So the, the, what, the one step that I think is absolutely critical, and I would just beg people literally um, to do this one exercise called expressive writing. You've heard me talk about this
0: before. Yes,
2: I have. It's been researched in over 1,000 research papers, over 1,000. And its effect on the immune system is dramatic. So we know that actually their skin heals faster. We know you can reverse inflammatory conditions such as rheumatoid arthritis and asthma. It actually decreases the viral load in HIV, so I would have to assume it does the same thing in the COVID. But it's a simple exercise where you can not escape your thoughts, but you can separate from them. So what happens, you write down your thoughts, positive or negative, it doesn't really matter, and you instantly tear them up. Do it once or twice a day for five or 10 minutes, and then it's done. And you tear them up for two reasons. One of them is to write with freedom, but the second one, which I think is more important, is to not analyze them. Because if you analyze them, your attention is on the thoughts and you've now reinforced them. So neuroplasticity is awareness, separation, and redirecting. So you have, to, you have to be aware of what emotion or thought you're experiencing before you can redirect. So if you're not doing the awareness and separation first, you're just suppressing. Which is even more of a problem than experiencing the thoughts. So repressed thoughts are more of a threat than expressed thoughts. So the writing does awareness and separation in one move. Then again, just while you're sitting there, just drop your shoulders and a little exercise that I call active meditation. You just switch sensory input to a sound or feel or touch, something we actually do in surgery all day long. We say connected to touch and feel And we've had a dramatic decrease in our complications because we're connected to the environment right there, right now. So neuroplasticity neuroplasticity is awareness, separation, reprogramming. And the key issue is that your brain changes every second. We didn't know that when I was in medical school.
0: Well, but we're going called... to have to pick up on how quickly our brain changes on the other side of the commercial break. Dr. Hanscom and I will be back shortly to continue our very important discussion. So don't go away. This is Mission Evolution on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.exedbn.net.
1: GeneX provides 36 questions for the Select Committee on Benghazi to validate if Americans are justified to mistrust President Obama and Hillary Clinton. An overview of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi is presented on the website www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com.
0: Ancients knew what we have forgotten. In order to be empowered by nature, one must be aligned with the way life works. We've become increasingly disconnected from the Earth and her cycles, to our extreme detriment. The Medicine Wheel ceremony is an ancient rite practiced by shamans worldwide to recalibrate their people with the powers of the universe. Join me, Guelda at the Galactic Shamanism retreat this spring equinox, March 18th through the 22nd, in the beautiful Colorado Mountains. During this life-changing three-day medicine wheel training, you'll learn to build and maintain your own cross-cultural shamanic medicine wheel to promote manifestation, health, and personal power. Empower yourself with the wisdom of the ancients. Contact touchin at findyourpathhome.com or call 303-775-3431. Welcome back. This is Mission Evolution, bringing together gifted people of service to the world. We are having a two hour special with Dr. Hanscom uh, on COVID 19 and how to survive it. This hour, we are sharing thoughts with Dr. David Hanscom, who is a survivor of COVID 19 and a medical doctor, his plan A can be downloaded from the front page of our website, missionevolution.org. His website, which is chock full of great information, including Plan A, is backincontrol.com. Dr. Hanscom, we were just getting into um, some interesting things about writing down uh, your thoughts so that you acknowledge them and separate yourself from them. But you know, some people have gone into a different approach rather than just having these thoughts going around in their head every day of Worry and drama and trauma, and that's one of denial. Uh, how does how does denial fit into this equation?
2: It's terrible. It, it repressed emotions are a major threat. Denial is a huge problem. So is acceptance. By the way, I mean either one are intellectual ways of dealing with something that's horrible. So nobody's asking you to be happy about this. So all the thought, all, so whether you express the thoughts or repress them, they're still damaging. So all the running does is just an exercise, and you're simply separating from your thoughts. You're not getting rid of these things. These are permanently embedded circuits, but you're separating. So it's awareness, separation, and redirecting. And so it's just an exercise, but it's powerful.
0: So when, let, me, let me get this straight. So we have either we're worrying ourselves to death and we're in fight or flight because of it, which puts us in the back brain. But if we are in denial, isn't there some, is there some aspect of us that recognizes that we're in denial and therefore not aware of clear and present danger?
2: Again, this is a learned skill, so the writing actually, that's why the writing is not the solution, but it is the one, when I do chronic pain work, it's the one mandatory starting point for everybody. I've not seen anybody get better without the writing. And we have probably well over 2,000 patients that are pain-free now. It always starts with the writing. Again, not the solution, but it's the one starting point.
0: Wow, it's, it's a huge complex problem, isn't it? It is. And, and have, have you had enough history with this new protocol that
2: you've come up with to see results? So here's the deal. We, with chronic pain, we, again, it's the same idea of taking multiple treatments and combining them. So what the protocol does, it takes multiple known effective treatments and just organizes them into a protocol. So every part of the protocol has been shown to have an effect on inflammatory markers. So we're asking clinicians to take the protocol as an approach to start figuring out what dosing is done when. So we've actually not applied the protocol. Again, I'm retired, so I've not been able to implement it uh, plus, I was not in, in ICU care anyway. So again, this is an approach. We're asking researchers, for instance, that are doing the IL six inhibitors. Okay, that's fine. Do these inhibitors, but make sure that the vitamins and minerals are taken care of. In addition, they're not documenting that all the bases are covered. So we don't know if it's if it's the antiviral agent that's working, or is it the vitamin D? You, you know, you see what I'm saying. We're just trying to ask people to get organized in their approach.
0: So, as as uh, lay people. It's not going to hurt us to take these vitamins and if what you're have researched and is showing to be true it gives us a heck of an edge whether it's documented and proven yet or not um so how important are the vitamins in,
2: in, in go ahead correctly enzymes don't your enzymes can't function without adequate vitamins your um so without zinc your proteins don't function without the vitamin d the actual antibodies don't function very well so, yeah, they're just certain, basis. it's like, for instance, let's take scurvy years ago, decades, hundreds of years ago, with solved scurvy was simply vitamin C, something simple. But vitamins are critical, and lack of vitamins actually always cause disease. There's all sorts of B vitamin deficiencies. So, again, vitamin D is something you may not notice on a day-to-day basis, but when it comes to your body's defense mechanisms, it's a big deal.
0: So... What is causing these deficiencies? I mean, wouldn't it be, here we are in the land of the rich with supposedly, you know, our access to all sorts of food. What is what is or isn't in our diet that's creating these deficiencies in the first place?
2: Well, it's tricky. I mean, I'm not a dietitian, so I'm not going to go too far on this one. But I have learned in the last six months that there are anti-inflammatory diets that actually make a huge difference. So, there's intermittent fasting, which I looked at the data on intermittent fasting, which is another form of anti inflammatory diet. And I didn't, again, I blew this data off, but you age less quickly when you eat anti inflammatory foods. And you age quickly when you eat processed foods. And so, you can do it vegetarian, non vegetarian. You can do it, you know, dairy, not dairy. You can do intermittent fasting or not. It doesn't exactly matter how you do the anti inflammatory diets, but that's really critical. Mm-hmm. So I can say one thing unequivocally: if you want to improve your chances of surviving COVID, just quit eating junk food. I mean, it's horrible on your inflammatory response—horrible.
0: And what we've been point- what you have been pointing out for the past hour, is what a huge role inflammation pay- plays in whether we survive or don't survive, or even get COVID. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, I mean, I got the COVID, and I was actually doing most everything we talked about. Except I just started the anti-inflammatory diet around the time I got the COVID, but. Again, I step back, way back in the picture. Just what we're trying to do here. So remember, people, if people aren't not going to die from the virus, this is—it's just like the common cold. It's a—it's a cold virus, right? So the problem isn't getting the virus; it's dying from it. So if you can start with lower levels of inflammatory markers first, the chance of dying goes down. Same thing with chronic disease. That's why I'm sort of excited about this in an odd way because. The same approach actually lowers your cytokines for COVID is critical for avoiding chronic disease. Adult onset diabetes is inflammatory. So we have this massive epidemic of disease. You ask me why the United States is having so much trouble. Well, first of all, we're socially isolated. 53% of Americans are socially isolated. So there's a risk factor there. That's a threat. You take countries like Iceland that have done well. They're very community oriented. They did excellent tracking. They didn't do any restrictions, but they had lots of community, lots of connection. So we have, we're have, not very healthy as a country. We're socially isolated. Then we're not a very benevolent society, as now manifested by our police issues and prison systems, etc. So we're a society that's now being exposed for what we are, which is not a very benevolent, supportive society. We're socially isolated. It's sort of a free-for-all about how we survive in a capitalist society like this. I don't, want, I don't want to get into politics at all. But we've got to change the way we do healthcare. It's got to be towards wellness, not illness. It has to be towards community, not isolation. And I'm not—I don't want to sound idealistic here because these are doable things. There are ways of generating community right now. There are ways. Go ahead.
0: I think one you know, one thing, again, the way different countries um, have responded to and been affected by COVID is very telling. And the, like you're saying, in Iceland, where they're more socially um, oriented and community oriented, there's much more emotional support, I would expect. So there's a lot of things being uncovered as a result of COVID, isn't there?
2: Right. I just have to tell you a story that's a little off the topic here, but I've always been upset about the prison system, and now I'm even more upset when I have realized how bad it really is for people that are african-american or latino it's horrible so one of the things they do is social isolation since i know about the polyvagal theory i know when you're socially isolated why your whole immune system is really in trouble right and people get autoimmune disorders and it's really cruel and unusual punishment it should simply be outlawed period It's torture so isolation is torture it should be flat out outlawed in prisons because if it does horrible things to your immune system. People do get sick. There's a high incidence of autoimmune disorders in prison systems. And so it's bad enough to be locked up. But your human rights are not being protected. So it's a little bit of a side, but the reason I'm thinking about that is because my stepdaughter works with homeless people. She houses them. I went to a halfway house last week with her. There were seven people there that were just desperately wanting a better life. They had no tools. When I explain these basic concepts that we're talking about today, you could just feel the whole room totally light up and I'm gonna go back every week for a while. But people are smart, they get it. And so here's people come out of the prison system, they've been brutalized and bullied, which is wrong. Then they're on the outside trying to get a chance to make a better life. They have no tools, they have no concepts. So the most rewarding times I spent was just with these people for an hour and they were so hungry for it and so receptive and they're already in place doing it. Within a week their lives have already changed. So these concepts aren't very hard And you can find ways to lower your threat. And for instance, one of the rules of the house that we put into place is don't discuss your pain. Don't complain. No criticism. Just be nice. Well, what happened, they're in there with anxiety and anger. They're being triggered. And they end up with lots of family-type issues because they're being triggered. The deeper your connections, the deeper the triggers. So just by understanding, no complaining, no gossiping, nothing. But additionally, find ways to make your life better. You know, music, play, games, giving back, those are things that actually pull your brain away from chronic pain into a better life. So just the paradigm shift of not having to fight anxiety and frustration every second, and actually creating a better life for themselves, things happen very, very quickly. This is not a psychological issue. This is, this is deciding where you want to direct your brain and just going for it. So that's just one small example in a small house, but it can be it can happen nationwide really quickly if people understand the concepts.
0: That is the key, isn't it? Information is the key. Yep. Yeah, We have a little bit of time left in, in this segment. Um, and when we go into the second hour, we're going to be looking at your Plan B. Would you give us just a little idea about what is in
2: Plan B? Well, Plan A allows you to keep your cytokines lower before you get sick or even exposed. Once you get exposed or sick, there's a bunch of ways of, again, double-checking the things that you didn't do in Plan A to start the basis. And then there's additional breathing exercises, relaxation, sleep, et cetera, that allow you to keep your parasympathetic nervous system engaged while you're fighting off the infection. But then there's a series of medications you can start applying that have minimal risk that probably will help the cytokine storm. And there's ways of stimulating the parasympathetic nervous system to counteract the sympathetic response. So we feel by doing a sequential step of covering the basis systematically, engaging the body's own alternative to the sympathetic nervous system response, that there's a high chance of solving the problem.
0: Oh, fantastic. Now, we are out of time for this segment. Um, but The, the um, Plan A and Plan B is available on Dr. Hanscom's website, and that's backandcontrol.com. We will be back after the news at the top of the hour, so don't go away. This is Mission Evolution on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.com dot net